Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Man, what a great day it is, huh? Beautiful outside. I know the sun's not shining, but at least it's not 400 degrees. Amen? So Louisiana, you got to love it. So I, I want to take a quick moment to welcome any of our guests who are here today. My name is Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the lead pastors here. And then also all of those who are joining us online right now, we always have a good audience of ones who join us online whenever they're not able to make it. Maybe they're sick in their body or out of town or whatnot. And it's always great to be able to interact with the ones who are watching us online. So Journey Church, can we give all of the ones online and our guests a great big hand clap today? Come on, give it up for them. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, I'm going to ask for you to pray for something with me today. Uh, we're going into week two of our series called Filter. We're actually going to go into talking more about prayer here in just a few moments. Uh, but this week, we've got a lot of serve like crazy projects going on. You guys have signed up for a lot of them. And uh, we're going to be feeding the schools here in Central, but over in Watson as well. And then uh, on the 31st Halloween night, we're sending teams out into the neighborhoods to go out and, and pass out candy and pray for people and interact with people. And the, the purpose of that night is to go into a night that literally uh, is a dark night and to go and be the light of Christ, to represent him and to show his love to people. So we need to be praying uh, that people's hearts would be open that night to maybe have that, that moment to interact with them and talk to them about Jesus. And so as we prepare for that here, Here's what's going on this Wednesday night. Everybody say Wednesday night. We're going to have a big rally here. And what's going to happen is we're going to start serving food at 630. Uh, we are actually bringing food in. Our cooking team is working so hard this week uh, that we decided just to bring some food in. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to be serving here Wednesday night. All I can tell you is that they're not open on Sundays. Uh, okay. Well, I, I didn't say it. All right. I didn't say it. But at 7 o'clock, we're going to have a time of worship. Uh, we're going to pray, and then we're actually going to jump into prepping uh, for the next night. And I'm going to ask you to join us this Wednesday night if you can. It's going to be a blast. And uh, also, we, need, we still need more candy. If you could, bring some candy, drop it off the office. And we're going to have a great time this week just going out into our community, representing Jesus and being the light within this world. Amen. Does that sound good, everybody? Uh, okay, I was kind of weak right there, actually. Does it sound good, everybody? Yeah. Woohoo! That's what I'm talking about. Now, we're in week two of our series called Filter. I'm fired up about this series. I love it because uh, we live in a world that is constantly trying to pour things into our life uh, that will pollute us. And so the question that we started this series off with is what is filtering your life? I love the idea of a filter. Because it takes things that are impure and it cleanses them, it purifies them, it transforms them. Our, our lives after we come to Christ is a good representation of that. Uh, before we came to Christ, we were lost, we were not born again, we were living for ourselves. And then after we are born again, after we surrender our life to Christ, we are transformed into sons and daughters of God. And so a uh, great series to talk to us about the filters that God has for us. Because you might say, well, okay, well, what am I supposed to be filtering my life through? Well, last week we jumped in uh, and we started talking about prayer. That's one of the greatest filters that there is. We're actually going to finish up the message today on prayer. Uh, and then we're going to jump into uh, fasting. We're going to talk about praise and worship. We're going to talk about studying the Word of God. And, and you might say, well, okay, we talk about those things all the time. But this series is really all about practically what does it look like for me to study my Bible? Practically, what does it look like for me to spend time in prayer? I hear that in church, 
But what does that actually look like in my life? Now, today as we go further into prayer, uh, I think that everybody's prayer life went to a whole nother level last night with the LSU game. Okay, am I right? And it's like, hey, Lord, please, Lord, you know. So uh, it, it's funny because a lot of times I think that people are intimidated by prayer. I think a lot of people don't necessarily know how to pray. I think some people get into prayer and they think, well, if I got to pray for like an hour, how do I do that? I mean, that, that you know, it's going to get boring like after, you know, five, ten minutes. So what do I do? And so that's what this message today is all about, the, the practical side of prayer. Now, I got to tell you what, we, we love to pray. Stacy and I, we have always, we raised our kids up praying for them. I watched my mom pray, being raised up. And uh, we had one of our prayers answered, in case you guys didn't hear it. I know it was on Facebook, but y'all probably figured out by now, Tyler and Britt are expecting another little one. And uh, you did not hear this. It is a boy. Praise the Lord, okay? So we... That baby girl got me wrapped around her little finger, but her world is in for a, 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 you know, she got, it's going to be turned upside down. That's all I'm saying. All right. So good times at the Coleman household. So here's the deal. Uh, A lot of times people have a lot of apprehension whenever it comes to prayer. They're like, uh, I I don't know what to pray. Don't know how to pray. And a lot of times when people start getting used to prayer, this will really ramp up their apprehension and anxiety is if somebody asks them to pray out loud at a certain situation. Maybe they're with a group of people and somebody's like, well, we need somebody to pray for this. Oh, so-and-so, will you pray? And apprehension goes through the roof because they're like, well, I, and this is what people would say. I've had people tell me, this, I just don't want to pray wrong or I don't want to sound stupid whenever I pray, okay? Now, if there's any children in here, I apologize for saying stupid, but I'm just repeating what they said, okay? So, uh, but that's how people feel, a lot of apprehension. I heard the story of a lady who had a, she was having a dinner party and she was planning this thing out, lots of people coming over and uh, she had, I mean, she was so nervous, anxiety, all this kind of stuff going on. And her little girl was watching this and she knew that the time would come when they would pray over the food that was going to be served. And so she ran up to her mom and she said, mama, mama, whenever the time comes to pray for the food, I want to pray. And her mama said, look, look, I'm busy right now. Go back to your room, play with your dolls. And so she went back to her room. She came back a little while later. Mama, mama, when it comes time to, to, to pray over the food, can, can I pray? And she said, sweetheart, I'm really busy. Go back and play with your toys. Well, she came back the third time. She really wanted to pray. She said, Mama, I really feel like I want to pray whenever it comes time to serve the food. And her mom's like, you're so cute. And she said, you know what? When it comes time, I will let you say the prayer over the food. So later that day, everybody gathered. I mean, there's a lot of people there, 30, 40, 50 people. And she said, well, my little girl has been so excited about praying, so I'm going to let her pray. And she, she stepped up. She looked out at everybody gathered there, and her eyes got big, and she froze up. She didn't know what to say. So the mama, she kind of, she said, sweetheart, it's okay. Why don't you just say, when you pray, just say what I say. So the little girl said, dear Lord, why did I invite all these people over to my house? So, <laughs> got to be careful man them kids <laughs> throw you under the bus well a lot of apprehension whenever it comes to prayer so what is what, what do we do here and a lot of times people get discouraged in their prayer time because they feel well, I prayed for something and God didn't answer my prayer now just real quick how many of you in here you've prayed for something before and God did not answer that prayer anybody anybody okay probably most of us that has happened to us 
And rather than get discouraged, maybe we need to understand the, 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 the way that we need to pray, how God responds to prayer. And so God, one of the things I've discovered is he answers our prayers in a lot of different ways. Jeremiah speaks about this in Jeremiah 33, 3. He says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Now, you may not realize this, but God is anxiously waiting to answer us in, in our prayer time. But a lot of times the ways that he answers us, we're not tuned into that. or We're not looking for it to be answered in that way. So maybe we miss it. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about when we pray, what is the, the, the best way to get God to respond to our prayers? And I want us to look at an example in scripture of a man named Nehemiah. And if you have your Bible, you have your smart device, go ahead and take it out, open it up, and go to the book of Nehemiah. We're going to be in chapter 1. Now, if you're not familiar with the story of Nehemiah, he was a gentleman who prayed, he trusted God, and check this out. God answered his prayer in a huge way. Now, here's, the, here's why this is so big. The prayer, what he was praying for, it was huge. It was astronomical. The reason why is because the story plays out towards the end of the recorded history of Israel. And here's what had happened with Israel. They had gotten uh, very disobedient towards the Lord. They had pursued things that he told them not to pursue. And so they were invaded uh, many years before by Babylon, and the Israelites were captured. Now, it wasn't just simply them being captured, but a lot of them were carried back to Babylon as captives. I mean, they were, they were slaves. And so they get carried back to this foreign land. The Babylonians burned the city of Jerusalem. They toppled the wall to the city. I mean, it was a bad scene. You could imagine that here they are, uh, God's people, and, and because they got caught up in disobedience, they paid the ultimate price. And this nation was in complete and total disarray because the people were scattered, they were all over the place. They knew that their capital city had been totally destroyed. And you can imagine what your thought process is in that moment. You probably wonder, are we ever going to be able to return to what God had for us? And that is the price of disobedience. Now, about 70 years after all this took place, there was a new king that had ascended the throne. And here's the greatest part of all. This king had a heart that was somewhat softened towards the children of Israel. And so the gentleman in the story, uh, Nehemiah, he served as a cupbearer for this king. In other words, he was in close proximity to him. He was able to interact with him. And he began to pray that God would restore Jerusalem. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Think of this. Uh, the people are scattered. The capital city has been completely destroyed. And he is praying for God to restore it. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a big prayer right there. I don't care who you are or what you think, that's huge right there. God, can, can, can my capital city, can the nation be restored? Can you bring the people back together? That is a huge prayer. And as he prayed, God answered his prayer in a huge way. Everybody say huge. He answered it. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. But I want to do this today. I want to examine how Nehemiah prayed. And the reason why I want us to examine the way that he prayed is because it helps us in our prayers what is the best way for us to be able to pray so that God actually will answer the prayers that we do pray? Okay, now I don't know about you, but that sounds like something that is useful to me as I go through life. And so let's look at Nehemiah's prayer here. We're going to examine it, and we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 5 first of all, because what I want you to get here, 
the very first thing that Nehemiah did, now, now understand this, whenever you pray, the first thing is that it's very important that you have a place that you pray, okay? Is there a place in your home, your office, your vehicle, you need to have a place that you're going to, here's the next one, make time to pray, all right? Now you've heard me advocate for this, that I believe in having an ongoing conversation with God all throughout the day. But in order for that to take place, here it is. got to be like Nike. you got to just do it, okay? In other words, you can't be like, well, I'm having an ongoing conversation with God, but you didn't have one conversation with him that day, okay? In other words, don't be like, well, you know, I'm just kind of doing my thing. You've got to make time throughout the day to interact with God. It's got to be the first thing that you run to, not your last resort, amen? And so throughout the day, whenever you, you're in that moment, something great happens, you need to be like, Lord, I praise you and thank you for all the things that you're, you are such a good God. Have that conversation with him throughout the day. Make sure that you're taking time to pray. Make sure that you have a place that you pray. Most people in this church know that the place that I probably pray the most is in my vehicle. It's just the reason why is because for years I, I didn't have an office for years, uh, the house, we had a smaller house and there were kids all over the place. And so what I did was I would get in my vehicle and I would leave the house and drive around, coming to the office, running errands. And I got in the habit of praying in my vehicle. Well, now I got an office. There's not a lot of kids in the house anymore. Praise God. Uh, so, sorry. Okay. But I st my vehicle is still my go-to place because it is my habit, okay? Whenever I get in my vehicle in the morning, I leave the house about 5 o'clock in the morning, I get in my vehicle, very first thing that I do, I'm praying in my vehicle. I probably have some worship music playing just because it is my habit. It's my place, it's my time, and you have that conversation with the Lord all throughout the day, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, got it? All right, here we go. So the first thing Nehemiah did, he based the request that he had on God's character, okay? Now, I want you to understand that. He didn't base it on his character. He based it on God's character. Here we go, verse 5. He says, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Now, notice those last three words, or four words, and keep his commandments. In other words, ones who are obedient to God, Okay? If we want God to answer our prayers, we got to be obedient, okay? You can't be out running off, doing all this stuff, living in sin, living like the world, and expect God to answer your prayers. We need to be obedient to what God's Word tells us, okay? Amen? Okay, so let's read that again. Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Notice what he's doing there. He is opening up his prayer, and what is he doing? He's basically bragging on God. He's, God, you, you are awesome. You are amazing. You are the great and amazing. I, I worship you, Father. No, he's, he's bragging on God. He is, in essence, he is honoring God. He is worshiping and praising God at the very beginning of his prayer. Now, question for you. How many of you in here have kids? Raise your hand. Have you ever bragged on your kids before? You like bragging on your kids, don't you? Come on, it's okay. It's a, I got kids, I brag on them all the time, okay? And now that I got a granddaughter, I, I brag on her a little bit. Man, she crawls the best in the world, you know? I, 
we think about that, but we love our kids. We're proud of our kids, so we, we do. We're, we're going to brag on them a little bit, you know? Uh, like Reese, for example. I'll just go ahead and brag on him a little bit. This past semester, he took summer classes because he wanted he had some classes he wanted to take, and, and he took several classes throughout the summer, and he made the president's list. And I was very proud of him for that, so I'm bragging on him a little bit now. Guess what? The semester before that, he made the dean's list because he's a genius. Now, he's my son, so... What do we do with our kids? We brag on them, am I right? So what is he doing here in his time with God? He is bragging on his God. God, you're amazing. The things that you have brought us through in this world, you are so great. And, and as he's bragging on his God, he's reminding him, you're the God who keeps your promises. You are a God of covenant. When your people are obedient to your word, you take care of them. I mean, he is actually, he is making this request, this appeal to God, basing it on God's character. And he begins to speak about how wonderful the character of God is. And here's what I want to help you understand today. When we pray, we need to remember how big our God is. Okay? That's a great place to say amen right there. Because here's what happens. We get focused on our problem, and we start thinking about how big our problem is. God, I got this problem at work, and it's huge. And God, I got this problem in my marriage, and it's huge. And God, with my kids, I've got this issue. And my finances, I got this issue. Problem, problem, problem. Let me tell you something. Your problems pale in the comparison to the grandeur of our God. He is amazing, he is huge, and he is big. And he can deal with the things in your life just like that, okay? And so we need to remember how big our God is. And that is exactly what Nehemiah is doing in this moment. And so I want you to get that. Do you know how big your God is? And do you know who God is? Okay. I heard, you know, I know LSU beat Auburn last night, but I thought this was pretty cool, is that Boudreaux decided to take some classes at LSU. I don't know why, but he decided to. And uh, he goes in this class, and he's sitting there, and he's been doing okay in the class, but he gets into this test. Whoo! He's taking this test. It's a long test. And he's writing down all his answers. He realizes, I don't know this stuff. I hadn't studied this too good. So he starts looking over at the student next to him, and he starts copying his paper, writing down all these answers. And uh, he finishes his test. He walks up to the front of the class, and the professor's like, I saw what you done did there. He's like, what do you mean? He said, I saw you copy in the student next to you the answers off their paper. Boudreaux, he, he, he thought about it, he scratched his head and he said, Do you know who I am? The teacher said, no, I don't know who you are. There's 300 students in this class. This class is huge. I have no idea who you are. Boudreaux picked up the stack of papers, put his right in the middle, said, sound good to me, and walked off, Okay. <laughs> You don't know who Boudreaux is? So the question is this, do you know who your God is? Are you familiar with the character, the nature of who your God is? We don't need to know about God, we need to know God, okay? And I know I say that all the time, but here's the thing, is your relationship with him deepens and it goes further. and You get to know him in a greater way. Then you begin to understand his character and you can make a request just like Nehemiah based off of the character of God. God, you're amazing. You're huge, God. And so I love what Mark says in chapter 10, verse 27, because we think about how big our God is. We say, well, this is impossible. God can't do this. And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God, because all things are possible with God. 
You need to get that in your heart, your spirit, and know that anything is possible with your God. Why? Because we serve a big God. Amen? Amen. So he based his request on God's character. I love the next one. He confessed his weaknesses to God. Now get this. Go down one verse. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 6. He says, let me look at this real quick. A little bit further in the verse, he's talking to the Lord about his weaknesses. He says, I confess the sins we Israelites. Now, it could have been easy for him to blame it all on his countrymen. But I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. Now get this, he didn't play the blame game. He didn't try to justify his sins and his weaknesses. You know what he did? He stepped up to the plate and he took responsibility. And we live in a world, we live in a culture that we're constantly trying to push stuff off to other people or we're trying to justify it. Well, God, I've got this weakness in my life. I've got this sin in my life. But it's really, compared to other people, God, it's really not that big of a deal. Or, or, or other people are doing this, God. We make excuses instead of stepping up to the plate, taking responsibility for the sin in our life, calling it what it is, and repenting of it. Okay? And here we see Nehemiah. He steps up to the plate. He takes responsibility for this. And he confesses it. Not, not only for himself. Check this out. He's confessing it for his countrymen, the nation. He confessed for himself, his family, and the entire nation. That's huge right there. And I'm going to tell you something. In our prayer time, we need to realize just how weak we are. We mess up. How many of you in this room, you've sinned before, you've messed up? Raise your hand. Now, let's get a little bit more personal with that. How many of y'all have messed up in the last three days? Okay. How many of y'all messed up this morning? Oh, what? Okay. (laughs) Now, Pastor Jay, why are you doing that? Because we've got to learn to be vulnerable before God. And that's what he's doing right here in this, in this verse. He's being vulnerable with God. He, he's bearing his heart. And if we're going to grow in our relationship with God, we've got to learn to be vulnerable to him. We've got to open up and share everything with God. And here's what I want to tell you in regards to sin, in regards to the weaknesses within our life. We've got to take responsibility for the things in our life and not just repent for it but ask God to change us from that behavior because repenting of something and continuing the behavior you're not getting anywhere we need to recognize that weaknesses are things that God wants to change us in and make us strong in that area so that he can bring change to us from the inside out okay but here's what happens too many times we justify too many times we make excuses too many times we say oh that's not a big deal when according to what God's word tells us it is a big deal I I know that whenever it comes to the things regarding uh, the people that God has placed within our life, what are the areas that God wants to change us in regards to our marriage, in regards to how we interact with our kids, in regards to how we are, what type of employee we are? How does God want to change us to make us better? Because our human nature is to compare ourselves to other people, and when there are weaknesses in our life, our human nature is to blame other people. Let me put it to you like this. Have you ever gotten into a disagreement with your spouse? You don't have to raise your hand on that one, okay? <laughs> now, how do you respond in that moment? In that moment, are you praying, Lord, I need you to change me. Change the way that, that 
that I interact with my spouse. Change the things that come out of my mouth towards my spouse. Change my heart towards my spouse. Or are you saying something like, God, I pray that you change my spouse. <laughs> I know, been there, done that. I got to be honest with you. There were many times, Stacey, we get into a disagreement and I'd pray and I'd be like, Lord, I need you to change that woman. Okay? And here's what the conversation went something like. You've heard me talk about this before. God, I don't understand, but I just know you need to change Stacy. And the Holy Spirit would say to me, well, what about you? Well, we're not talking about me. <laughs> we're talking about her. She needs to change. And the Holy Spirit would say, I know you're talking about her, but let's talk about changing you. So that you can be the man of God, the husband, the father that I've called you to be. You can't change her. But we can work on you and change you. Oh, man. That's how the conversation always went. And that conversation happened over and over and over, especially in the early years of marriage. You know why? Because sometimes we can be hard-headed. Am I right? Sometimes we struggle in that area. And it wasn't until I realized that very thing, I cannot change my wife, but I can change me. And I can change my perspective in the way that I see her, in the way that I interact with her. God changed me. I repent for my part in this, but change me. And guess what? That was a, a great day in the Coleman household because that day something shifted within our marriage. Are we willing to step up to the plate, take responsibility for the things in our in ourself that need to change? And here it is, to humble ourselves. Ooh, that, ooh, that's tough right there. Are we willing to humble ourselves before God and ask him to change us? Listen to what James says about that. James 4, 6, God opposes the proud, but shows what? Favor to the humble. Huh. Well, that's a good verse right there. Someone thinks that they're proud. I can do it all by myself, but a humble person realizes, God, I need you. I can't change myself, but God, through your power, you work inside of me through the Holy Spirit. You can, you can change me. So Nehemiah, what, what does this have to do in regards to our prayer time? Well, in our prayer time, we need to go before God, first of all, with a heart based off of his character. God, we're going to worship him. God, you're amazing. I love you. I praise you. I honor you, Lord God. You are a great and mighty God. Thank you for all the things that you've done in my life. Thank you for the, the things that you've done for my family, God. I worship you. Now, Father, I recognize that there's weaknesses within me. There's sin. There's things inside of me that I need you to change. First of all, I repent. I don't want to stay the way that I am, but God, I ask you to change me throughout this the practical side of prayer. We see this in Nehemiah's request. He made his request based off God's character. And then in that request, one of the very first things he did, he confessed his weaknesses to God. Here's the next one. And man, this is awesome. He claimed the promises of God. Well, you, you need to get that. He claimed the promises of God in that moment of prayer. Look at verse 8. And, and, and it's easy, this particular part of the verse, it is easy to miss this, okay? Nehemiah 1.8, he says, remember the instruction that you gave your servant Moses. 
Now, it's easy to kind of just pass right on by that and not even notice it. But here's what I want you to understand. During this part of his prayer, he began to speak about a promise that God made to Moses that he claims for himself. Okay? And here's why that is so big. It's because you, you think about that and you say, well, wait a minute. Can I do that in regards to requests that I have for something in my life? Look at your neighbor and say, absolutely. You most certainly can. It's based off of the promises of God's word. And as we study God's word all throughout his word, there are promises that God even may have spoke to somebody else. But God is a God of promises that we can claim those and grab a hold of them from his word. And in our prayers, we can claim them for ourselves. And that is absolutely amazing that we actually, as a body of Christ, we can walk in it. You might say, well, Pastor Jay, what does that look like? How does that translate to my, my simple prayer time okay I'm gonna make time uh, I'm gonna have a place so you know I'm in my car and I'm praying and, and I'm feeling kind of weak I'm going through a time where I'm really anxious in my heart I'm anxious in my spirit uh, I'm really feeling weak well listen to what Isaiah chapter 40 verse 29 says he says he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak here's how you would do that maybe in your prayer time you say father I'm just going through a real difficult time right now. I'm really anxious within my heart and my spirit. But I know what you say in Isaiah chapter 40. You tell me that you give strength to those who are weary, that you will increase the power to those who are weak. So, Father, I claim that for my life. I pray that you will fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit right now, that you will strengthen me through the weaknesses that I have in my life. That's how you pray Scripture within your life. Well, well, you say, okay, well, well, Pastor Jay, well, I'm not necessarily feeling weak right now, but maybe you're going through a time where you may be a little fearful. Maybe you need safety within your life. And Psalms 91 is a great verse to incorporate into your prayer time. He says in verse 11, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. That verse, I literally grew up hearing my mom pray this verse over and over and over. The reason why is because where I grew up, I, I mean, I grew up out in the boondocks, out in the sticks. Where did I grow up? You've heard of it. They, you call the cops. They ain't getting there anytime soon. And so I remember my dad would, would work, and sometimes we were home. With mom and just us kids, and something happened, dogs start barking. My mom would pray, and my mom was a woman of prayer. And I heard her pray this numerous times. Father, I thank you according to Psalms 91 that your angels surround us. They bear us up in their hands lest we dash our foot against a stone. And I remember her praying that as a kid. So you say, well, how do we pray scripture in our life? Just like that. Maybe you're with your kids in the car and, and, and there's some fear. And so you teach them in that moment to pray and to pray out the promises of God for your life. What about financially? Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm gonna, I want to I kind of delve off into this because a lot of people get to the place because of the prosperity gospel and all that kind of stuff that, that goes contrary to what God's word says. A lot of people are like, eh, I don't know about all that. But listen to what Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says. And my God will meet all your needs, needs, according to his glorious riches in Christ. Is it okay for us whenever we are at a place as believers in Christ, maybe we're having some financial difficulties, okay? 
Is it okay for us to pray God's word in regards to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Make sure your motives are right in that moment. And maybe you're at a place where you're looking for a raise at work. Maybe you're, you're trying to get your budget worked out. Maybe you're, you're short within your budget. You need to have better financial skills with whatever it is that you're dealing with. But you need to pray that God would give you wisdom. You need to pray. This is a great particular verse to pray. God, I thank you that you take care of all my needs according to your riches and glory. And give me the wisdom that I need to manage the resources that you put in my hands. Okay? And so great promises in God's word that we can pray. Now, I love this because when we put God's word in our heart, that's when we can claim those promises. Here's what I want you to understand. That's why it's important for you to be here throughout this series because we're going to go into uh, speaking about the word of God next and how and the promises contained within it for our life. And so here's what I'm going to tell you. You can't pray out the promises of God's word unless it's in your heart, unless you know scripture. That's why it's important for us to be in the word of God. Amen? So I, I, I like what it tells us in Numbers 23 because it reminds us of God's character. He says, God is not a human that he should lie, nor a human being that he should change his mind. Does he, not speak, does he speak and then not act? Look at the last part. Does he promise and not fulfill? So it once again reminds us that God is a God who's, who, who keeps his promises in check, that he is a, a God of integrity and honor, and we can trust him. Amen? All right, so uh, I'm wrapping this up because I'm running out of time. So we're looking at all these things, how it relates to our, our specific prayer time. Here's the last thing. We look at Nehemiah's life. He's praying, and I like the last part. He was specific with his request. Everybody say specific. He didn't beat around the bush. He wasn't all over the place. He was very specific. Verse 11. He says, grant your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. He knew he was about to go before the king. He knew that the ask that he had of this king was huge. And so he asked God, I, God, I need favor. When I stand before this man, whenever I stand before this king, I need your favor to be on my life. So that the king hears me and he grants my request. Here's what I'm going to tell you. In your prayer time, if there is a request that you have of God, don't beat around the bush. Don't be so vague in it that God's like, well, I know what you're asking, but what? Be specific. Everybody say specific. I know that's, that's kind of more, you're like, specific, okay? Specific, okay? And let me give you a real life version of what that looks like. You guys been seeing on the screen uh, the One for Watson campaign, the campus we're planning over in Watson. We're excited about that. We've been praying for that. You may not realize this, but Stacy and I have been praying for that for years and years and years. 2014, we started looking for property in Watson because we really felt in our heart that that was the next step for us as a church. And so... I kept it a secret because I'm like, man, people are going to think I'm crazy whenever we start talking about a, a campus, you know, five, six miles down the road. And so we, we started praying about that. Lord, we ask that you would open the door. We don't want to do something that's based off of what we think is best, but Father, we want to do something that's based off of your direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so here's what would happen. The building that we purchased, we would pass that building and I would make the comment in the vehicle. I'd say, you know, I'd make a great campus for Journey Church. But we were still looking for property to build something brand new. 
And eventually, it was right after the flood, we had the opportunity. I passed that building up, and I made the comment. Stacy said, well, why don't you just go look at it? So I called the realtor, and we set up an appointment. And myself and Jeremy and the realtor, we walked through it. And I, if you know me, you know I'm kind of a germaphobe. And the building, it, they had not cleaned it or anything like that. They, it, it was at the point where they were getting ready to start moving out, and it, and it was dirty. And I walked out, and I'm like, I need a shower. I'm like, some Clorox wipes, something, because it was so dirty. And I'm like, man. And we walked away and said, absolutely not. From what I understand, that what they initially started off for that building was $900,000. That's what I was told. And when we went and looked at it, I think at that point it was at six fifty. We said the amount of work that needs to be done on that building, there's no way. It's way too much money. And so year, year and a half goes by. And Stacey and I, we're praying the whole time, Father, we know this is burning in our heart to reach people in this community. And so, Father, we ask that you open the door. We need you to open the door, and we need to be able to, to step through this sometime in the near future. We're very specific in that prayer time. And I'd pass that building up, and I would say, you know, I keep going back to that building. And Stacy said this to me. She said, well, you know, when you went, you and, you and Jeremy went to go look at it. I want to go look at it. I said, okay. So we called. We set up an appointment. This was last March. And her and I, and Jeremy and Tyler the realtor we went up in that building and we're walking through it and they cleaned it up praise God we're walking through that building and we're looking at it I think Brennan was with us too and we're saying man the, the children's room right here if we took this wall out man we could have so much room right here the foyer if we opened it up we could do this with the auditorium if we redid it we could turn it this way and get a few more people in here and and Stacy looks at me and she's like well I, th I thought you had said that you weren't interested in this building. I'm like, oh, what's up, girl? We walked out. We stood on the porch, and we said, you know, we could do something with this. But I'm not going to give them at that point $600,000 for the facility because it needs to be completely redone. The realtor, Jonathan, he, he said, you know what? Well, here's who holds the mortgage on this, on this piece of property. I said, well, you know what? I know them. I used to have some dealings with them back years ago whenever we lived in Lafayette. I said, I'm going to call and see if I can talk to the right person. Well, man, the favor of God is an amazing thing. Picked up the phone, called, guess what? They connected me with the VP of whatever. And I could not believe this. The guy is on the phone and he says, they owe on this property, it's right at $350,000. I said, well, let me ask you this. I said, if we give you for four acres and 9,000 square feet, if we give you what is owed on it, what are your thoughts on it? He said, I think we can do it. And so we move on down the road. He goes and meets with his board. He comes back and he says, no deal. I said, well, wait a minute. We've been specifically praying that, that we wanted to be able to pay you based off what you said. Why did you change your mind? He said, well, with the closing costs and the we can't lose money on this. I said, well, hold up. I said, we were fully prepared to pay that. We don't expect y'all to pay that. We're fully prepared to pay it if you'll sell it to us for this price. He said, well, let me go back, talk to the board. And guess what we're doing in the meantime? We're praying very specific prayers. And my wife is my witness. 
I'm praying, Lord, I do not want to give them a penny over this amount. They came back and they said, okay, if we can close this deal up in 30 days, you can have the property for $350,000. If you pay the closing costs. And we said, you know what? That's what something we had already agreed to do. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. God is amazing. There is nothing that is too big for our God. Amen? There is nothing in this world that is impossible for our God. So we had a piece of property appraised that I think appraised for about $850,000, $900,000. We paid $350,000 for because God is a great God. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Be very specific in your prayers. Don't beat around the bush. Trust God. And whenever you talk to him and you share your heart with him and you pour out what is in your heart to him, know that there is nothing impossible for him. Amen? I'm going to ask everybody in this room to do me a favor. I want you to stand to your feet. And I'm going to invite the worship team to join me on the platform. And I'm going to ask that you don't leave. I know that the, 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 the mindset is, let's get out of here. Kids are okay. We're going to take just a minute. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond in prayer to the Lord. And here's what it's going to look like. Worship team is coming on the platform to lead us in a final song. And maybe there's something that you have been trusting God for. Maybe you've been praying for it for a long time. I like that song we sang earlier, that he's a miracle worker, he's the way maker. We need to trust him in that regards. Maybe it's for one of your kids to come back to the Lord and begin serving him as Lord and Savior of his life or her life. Maybe it's for your marriage. There's some things that you're trusting God for within your marriage. And in this final song, I'm going to ask you to make the, your appeal known to God very specifically, very specifically. So let's close our eyes across this room, and here's what I want you to do. First things first, there may be some of you in this room who do not know Jesus as your Savior. You've never surrendered your life to Him. And today, as you're in this room, the presence of God is here. The Holy Spirit is here ministering to your heart. And you recognize your need to surrender to Jesus, to have your sins forgiven. You see, Jesus went to the cross to pay the price for all of mankind's sins. But it falls to us to receive that by faith. And maybe today as you're here, you recognize that you've never taken that step in your life. And today you know, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. There might be others of you in this room who would say, well, Pastor Jay, I gave my heart to Jesus some time ago, but man, my heart has gotten away from God. And today I recognize my need to reconnect with God, to renew my commitment to Christ. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to pray with you if that's you. I want to know who I'm praying for, though. So if you would say, Pastor Jay, that's me. I need to surrender my heart to Christ for the first time or to renew my commitment to Christ. I want to be a part of that prayer. Wherever you are in this room right now, if that's you, raise your hand. Let me see it. Where are you at? Let me see. I see you right here, right here, right here. I see you in the back over here. Anyone else? Don't miss this moment. Now, here's what I want you to do. I see you right here. For those of you who raised your hand, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And this is a very specific prayer. And right where you are, pray this within your heart. Something like, Jesus, thank you for the love that you have for me, that you would choose to go to the cross for me. You paid the price for my sin, my shame, my guilt. 
And today by faith, I receive what you did for me. I admit to you that I am a sinner. And Jesus, I repent of the sin in my life. Change me through your precious blood. Forgive me and change me. And Jesus, I ask you to come live in my heart. Today I surrender to you. I give you my life. And today I ask you to be my Savior. But today I embrace you as the Lord and Master of my life. Now, for those of you who prayed that prayer at the conclusion of this service, I'm going to ask you to come meet with one of our prayer team here in the front. They're going to pray with you and encourage you. But church family, let's take a moment. Let's just worship God. And in this final song, I just want you to worship God, but I want you to pray as well. And if there's a request, if there's something in your heart that, that you need to make specifically to God, then now's the time to do it. If there's a weakness that you need to confess to God, something you need to ask His forgiveness for, now's the time. Let's worship the Lord together.